This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. I'm thinking I really want to talk to you about your new MacBook Pro. <laughs> really? <laughs> Obviously. I think we have to. Yeah, um, I think we kind of owe it to the listeners at this point that we... <laughs> Imagine yeah, if you just said I've, nothing, just completely glossed over it. It's like, yeah, it's fine, next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I want to ask you a few things about the, the MacBook Pro. All right. Um, and how this sort of lasts. I mean, it's almost a week now, right, that you've had it. Um, probably like five days. Blimey, yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's, that'd be Monday tomorrow, wouldn't it? So it'd be exactly yeah. a week. Wow. Okay, that's gone fast. <laughs> this far in... How have you been using it so far? All right. So, oh, I think I said to you, didn't I, on, on Slack that uh, and to the others, that I just feel a bit like paralyzed by choice. Yeah. In that I've got this new machine in front of me and I'm like, what do I do with it? What do I do with it? And I've I've just been sort of tinkering and tinkering and tinkering. I haven't really been doing anything concrete. I've just been sort of playing around with it. And that's kind of what I've always done when I've got on a new machine. I haven't sort of like gone straight into Xcode and got my project set up. I've just been tinkering for the whole week. So that's what I've kind of been doing. That's kind of how I get to know a new device is just by playing essentially for the first few days. Yeah. Um, so how are things looking? I suppose what I've been doing is upstairs where I am now, sort of in like the spare bedroom slash office. It's obviously where I podcast. I've got it set up on a, on a USB-C um, hub thing that I got off of Amazon. We spoke about it last week, and that goes that gives me gigabit Ethernet networking. It goes into HDMI into my monitor, which isn't the greatest monitor, but it's good enough for me at the minute. It's one of these nineteen twenty twelve hundred monitors. Um, yeah, several years old now. Expensive when it is new, but by today's standards, probably quite rubbish. So I've actually installed Boot Camp on this MacBook, which I haven't done on a MacBook for a long time. Um, because I kind of said to you, didn't I, that I was actually excited about it for a little bit of gaming. Yeah. Because it was only after I ordered it that I realised, oh, I can actually game on this thing if I wanted to. And so I've kind of made this desk my sort of gaming slash podcasting station. Okay. And the rest of the time, I'm just going to use it just as a laptop, sort of on the kitchen table or sat on the sofa, you know, whatever. So that's kind of sent me down a bit of a rabbit hole because now, obviously I wanted to play some games. I installed... Half-Life 2, again, I think I spoke to you about this, because I, I haven't got any like modern games, so I was like, great, let's do some gaming, let's test this thing, and I was like, damn it, I haven't got any games. <laughs> so I installed <laughs> Half-Life 2, because that's basically kind of what I could find in my Steam library that I thought would maybe tax it a little bit. Turns out it didn't tax it in the slightest, I maxed it out, and it was running at 1920 by 1200. Couldn't even hear the fans. Like I, I, That was a bit that impressed me. This was in Windows, in Windows, yeah. OS. Well, yeah. again, I thought, great, I'll install Steam on Mac. And I forgot, didn't I, that Catalina cut off 32-bit. Right, okay. So that probably cuts off half the library. Not half the library, all of the library. <laughs> all of my stuff has got basically got like a nope icon next to it. So um, I thought initially that I wouldn't boot camp. I would just make do with, you know, just playing a bit of Counter-Strike, maybe a bit of Half-Life 2 for old time's sake. And that'd be about that. But obviously that was like okay fine i'm gonna have to do boot camp yeah the the game itself running well didn't shock me because i knew that on my even on my 2010 when the dedicated graphics card was working it could run half-life 2 pretty well 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like a microwave oven should be able to run it now. So it's not a surprise to me that it ran really smooth when it was maxed out. It's just that the fans didn't. I was expecting to have like a jet engine next to me, at least. But it yep. just sat there completely silent. Um, well, not completely silent, but you know, mostly silent. I thought that was pretty damn impressive. Did it even go to the uh, dedicated GPU, do you think? I don't know. I presume it would do, because I was connected to the external display, so I don't know whether that kicks it in by default, if it's doing two displays. Yeah. And I guess you're on the Windows Boot Camp drivers as well, so it's probable that it, it did. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering how, how dramatic a story this might have been, if it was like, you know, not even breaking a sweat with it on uh, on the dedicated uh, GPU. Not mm. dedicated, sorry, on the, um, on the system, on the chip, on the one that's with the CPU. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, is the honest answer. I suspect it mightn't, mightn't have done so well. Um, but yeah, this has led me down a whole rabbit hole now. I'm like, oh, I need to get a gaming mouse. Um, <laughs> I need to get <laughs> a gaming keyboard. Because now I've got nothing to like be researching. And like that. now I've got this laptop. This has like been the thing I've been waiting for slash researching when it was announced. And now I'm like, oh, what cool thing can I be looking at next? <laughs> As that would have it, <laughs> gaming mice. I've been looking at all the reviews for gaming mice, so that's cool. So I'm probably going to get one of those hideous RGB keyboards and, and the mouse to go with it. Um, so I kind of figure that like what used to be a really tasteful desk that I had with like a beautiful 5K iMac sat on it and a really nice little angle poise lamp, although it's not an angle poise one, it's a cheap copy. Um, but it all looked really nice, yeah. <laughs> I went to quite some effort to make it look nice. Yeah. And now that I'm not really at this desk anymore and now the only time I'm going to be here is when I'm talking to you now or when I'm going to be playing like games... I figure I'm just going to go the total opposite direction and just embrace like the tackiness of like RGB lights on everything and uh, try and get myself a wireless mouse and keyboard setup that's sort of suitable for gaming and just kind of embrace <laughs> that side of it and have the nice, beautiful laptop when I'm sat at the kitchen table with my fancy coffee, you know. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of done a bit of a 180 there, really. But I'm looking forward to getting back into some games. I really am. Um, I think Counter-Strike is like the perfect game for me because I can just play a few rounds, pick it up and then put it down again. I'm not like too heavily invested in like a plot or anything. Yeah, it's funny. I I mean, I'm from the the kind of slightly prior era of gaming, I guess. And that like my my world was was, um, Quake 1 and that kind of end um, of, of stuff. And I still sort of feel when I play a game, all I want is just, give me some big guns something to shoot um and then i put it down and i and i kind of um that's that's about as invested as i am actually with with sort of any game i think still Mm -hmm. um so i I find it really yeah i find a lot of modern games um quite inaccessible actually in terms of that i sort of feel like i have to be a lot more invested i don't know you got me thinking because i could do something similar with my mac mini and i reckon it might tax it a little bit more yeah, but you um, could strap an eGPU to it, no problem, right? I could. I don't think I want to for the expense. Go on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Join you on the on, on the gaming side. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just think it's fun, really. Like, I've not done a lot of gaming in a long time, mostly because time hasn't allowed. But it's just kind of cool, kind of revisiting that whole world and sort of ecosystem and everything like that. Yeah, looking forward to it. I think just a bit of Counter-Strike Go would be enough for me, really. Yeah, um, like I'm thinking about getting the Halo Master Chief collection because that's basically all the old Halo from Halo One, Two, Three, Four, and I think Halo Reach and another one, some other Halo game, 
all bundled up into one package released on the PC for twenty nine ninety nine. Right. I think nostalgia is going to get the better of me and I'm, I'm going to want to play it. So I was thinking the other yes. day it'd be nice to replay Halo. It'd be even better to replay it over keyboard and mouse. Sounds like a decent deal as well. Yeah. Um, and we do this like secret Santa thing with our family at Christmas because everyone used to buy everyone something and then everyone's there yeah. with like 10 pieces of tat that they didn't want. So we kind of thought this is stupid. <laughs> Let's just do a, a secret Santa budget of 30 quid and... You know, you get randomly pick someone and you got to find them something for £30 or something they ask for if they ask for something that's within budget. That's quite a nice idea. Yeah, it kind of takes the pressure off. And most people just give you an Amazon link and say, like, we've got, like, a joint thread thing, uh, group chat, and, yeah, most people just chuck in an Amazon link going, like, hi, Santa, please can I have this? And then whoever has it buys it and it's all done. So it's super easy. Yeah. Um, I've been slightly inconsiderate and ask for steam vouchers so whoever's going to buy is going to have to figure out how to buy steam vouchers <laughs> but then i can use those steam vouchers to buy the halo game is what i figured but so it's kind of weird like most most of my experience so far this map book has been in windows which is kind of ironic yeah, uh, i was going to ask you how is like and I, I did not expect to be asking you this but how is windows kind of holding up i mean it's still windows if that's if that's the gist of your question <laughs> yeah how are you finding it is it does it sort of feel any nicer for running on on the machine it's running on it's probably the best windows laptop you can buy you know if you want to install windows on it it's a really nice windows laptop if you compare it to the others that are on the market obviously you'd be paying a lot for it and really it's designed to be a mac but you could just run windows on it couldn't you yeah nothing's stopping you if you want apple hardware but you have to use windows for whatever reason it's a good windows laptop (laughs) um but yeah, I mean, really, I just use Windows as a launcher for the games. That's yeah. all That's all it's for. You know, I, I boot into it and Steam auto-loads and then I just load the games. So I don't really use Windows as a Windows user. It's just a means to an end. Minimal interaction with the OS. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I probably won't be using it for anything other than just launching those games. And then when I finish gaming, it's straight back into macOS. But as for the, as for like the, the Mac side of the experience, which we haven't touched upon... It's just so much faster than what I had. Um, it's almost comical. It, it's, I was thinking about this earlier, that if I'd bought the... Say I went from 2010 to a 2013 model, then to a 2015, then maybe I got a 2017 model, then I got this one now. I feel like each step along the way, I'd be able to say, this one is like 25% faster than the last one, or 50%, or, or whatever the percentage number is. And it'd be reasonably easy to quantify in your head, because you know task A is... 25% quicker on the new machine than it was on the old. Whereas yeah. from where I've come from, from a 2010 half broken one, I can't even measure it. It's so much faster to the point where I could have probably just got the base model 16 inch six core. And I'd have still had that same feeling that this is just so much faster. It's, it's unquantifiable. Um, yep. So I'm kind of like, but sort of a bit like rabbit in the headlights, kind of a bit shell shocked. Like this is just so much faster. I can't even tell you how much faster it is. It's, <laughs> I'm really enjoying it, um, but it's, I can't say, oh, this is like four times faster. It could be 20 times faster. It could be 50 times faster. It probably is than my old one. Um, certain things, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's super nice. I've been doing some video encoding, and it's just been chewing through it. And it's kind of video encoding that I've had on the back burner for a long time that I've, that I've wanted to do. Um, but when I tried to do it on the 2010, it came up with some ridiculous amount of time remaining for what was a really small, not very high quality um, thing I wanted to encode. 
So yeah, yeah I've just been chucking this at it, and it's just been che- chewing through it really well. Xcode, unsurprisingly, runs like a dream. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they weren't messing around with that eight core i nine. I can say that much. It's uh, <laughs> super nice. Um, still not one hundred percent sure I needed the thirty two gig of RAM. If I'm being totally honest, I no. But but that's kind of like for future you. That's that's sort of you know if you're um, if you haven't moved on to another machine into a three years time, then that's the point you're going to be feeling that, I guess. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, um, I've installed that POC thing we spoke about. Yeah, I'm quite keen to sort of hear how you've got on with that. I love um, it. Just describe it to uh, to everyone listening. Uh, okay, so it's kind of just basically like a copy of the dock that runs in the touch bar. It's probably the best way to explain it. Um, it's got some little widgets that you can add as well. So like a now playing thing, uh, which is really nice. It, the now playing thing works for like Spotify or um, you know Apple Music or iTunes. And you know, it takes up a very small amount of room and the you know the the rest of the dock is kind of to the to the right of it and it kind of it's just simple it just sits there it says got the spotify icon it says the name of the track and the artist and you can swipe up and down on it and it will next track previous track tap it play pause it's great um that's cool it's almost it's almost like the artist impressions of the touch bar before the 2016 range launched and it, yeah, it just looks nice. It looks really, really nice. I haven't really gotten on very well with kind of Apple's intended use of the touch bar. Um, I find it changes so much beneath my eyes that I struggle to keep up with it. Yeah. You know, the way it contextually changes. and So I think I think I just ignore it is, is the reality of my sort of use with the touch bar because uh, I haven't installed um, the same app as you for um, as POC or any of that sort of side of stuff. So I'm running it stock and yeah i just ignore it the the only time i really interact with it is if i need to sort of change my brightness or my volume or try and find the escape key (laughs) (laughs) don't have that problem (laughs) i know you don't (laughs) but actually um pock has got a a nicer volume control widget than the standard one that comes with mac os i would say um correct me if i'm wrong maybe i just haven't discovered something in the way it's kind of designed by default but you kind of press the volume button then it presents you a slider but you can do it in kind of one touch if you sort of press and hold and then start sliding is that right yeah something like that i tend to do the double press to sort of see the slider and then use it yeah so it's tap to reveal the slider then press again to slide the slider or tap and hold and slide yeah yeah well i mean i I would just prefer to go volume up volume down have two buttons and tap either you know which yeah. one i want well pot gives you that it gives you a widget and similar for brightness control so i kind of have that working as well to the right hand side of the touch bar um but it's great it's really good I, I i do a lot of full screen stuff as we discussed either last episode or the one before so obviously the dock kind of the default behavior is the dock goes away when you go into full screen mode so actually having it there on the touch bar is is perfect I'm, I'm kind of surprised Apple haven't done something more like this. Yeah. And what's even nicer is that if you've got stacks, like the way I have my desktop is I've got stacks. So I've got an applications folder stack. I've got a documents folder stack, a download stack, and a desktop stack. So I've got four stacks by the trash can. And it also yep. puts those in as well. And they stay. Because obviously if your dock is wider than what you've got on the touch bar, you can scroll through the icons like left to right. Um, but it keeps the uh, the stacks fixed. 
Oh, that's nice. So you've always got them there. But what's really nice is that either if you tap on the finder or if you tap on one of your stacks, you can start navigating them on the touch bar. So you can sort of go into folders and then find the file you want and tap the file and then it loads. So right. it's kind of nice if you're just looking for something. I think there was an instance, um, I was in Slack talking to you and I had Slack full screened, well, shared full screen with Twitter, kind of having both running side by side. And uh, I was looking for something and I was like, right, okay, so I need to come out of this like full screen mode, go into the desktop. And I was like, no, I don't need to do this. I've got POC. So <laughs> I just tapped on Finder. And then it comes up with all the folders, you know, that you would normally get with Finder and sort of started drilling through stuff. And I found what I wanted, tapped it, and then it loaded up. Um, in fact, I didn't actually need the file. I just wanted to know where it was. So in that instance, yep. it was super useful. That's really yeah, cool. Roll it all together into one thing. And it's like, this is this has made the touch bar so much better for me. Um, I'm sure I'll find its limits. And it's not like, hasn't like drastically changed how I interact with the machine. But I think... As someone that uses full screen a lot, POC is, is made the touch bar a useful tool as opposed to something that I think I would probably sort of not use as much as time goes on. Like when it's new, probably yeah. I'd be more willing to explore it and give it a chance. But I think fast forward a month, I'd be saying, yeah, I don't use the touch bar. It's not that great. Yeah, which has certainly been how that that's how I've ended up using the, the one that I use at Paperkite. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems to be a fairly common, <laughs> fairly common train of thought, doesn't it? You, yeah. yeah, you've got me thinking. I mean, I don't really use, um, I don't actually use that MacBook in sort of laptop mode. I tend to clamshell it um, and and just do away with the um, the screen actually because it's just ergonomically better with the the monitor setup that I have at my desk. Um, but you got me thinking if I was to sort of use that more mobile again then i would probably have a look at installing POC because full screen mode is something that i don't tend to bother with but everything you've described it, it kind of makes it it's full screen but it's not diminished by that yeah well, it's still useful um, yeah and if you're it's one of these that, people that hides their dock then yeah. it's useful in the same way i don't know yeah i did try actually doing that for a while hiding it but i just couldn't i've been so used to having the dock at the bottom of the screen that it was just too painful to not have it so um yeah oh, can't be doing one that. of these weirdos with uh, a left-hand side dock <laughs> <laughs> anyway so a week in and you play with it all this this way through i'm kind of wondering has it sparked any development ideas off not new development ideas i think it's going to enable me to pursue the ones i already had because yeah, yeah it, it was painful on that 2010 and yeah it kind of made me not as productive as i would have been with this so when i and it also kind of put me off doing it in the first place because i knew how painful it would be i'd be like oh, do i really want to sort of do this right now um yeah so yeah it's actually kind of set off a bit of imposter syndrome in me actually just owning the laptop because this machine is not linked in any way to my income. It's it's not making me money. It's not a professional tool. It's yep. just I really wanted it. And then once I got it, I was like, a lot of the people that I was listening to talking about it that were using it, they are using it as like a as a tool, a professional tool. And I kind of felt a bit like, should I have even bought this if hmm. I'm if I'm not actually going to sort of be making money with it? And I don't know who's to say in the future I might, but essentially this is just a massive indulgence and I just felt 
on the on the first day like a bit of a massive sense of guilt over that that's hard that's hard i guess that's kind of it's kind of next door to sort of bias remorse and that kind of did feel a bit like that i guess yeah um on the other side of it it's something you're using every day and it's something that you get an awful lot out of when you use it you know i mean you really enjoy um you really enjoy using it for the mobile computing sort of aspect as well which is part of why i enjoy using an ipad this is that side of things as well this is your main machine for an awful lot of stuff um i don't know i'd feel quite um if i was to sort of sit here as your friend in any sort of judgment and say oh no you don't really you know deserve that machine or need that machine because you're not getting this working use out of it i think that would be a highly judgmental but b fundamentally wrong um because i know that you do get an awful lot of use out of it and it's supporting an awful lot of things that you do so um yeah i mean i can see how you might you might sort of get there in terms of feeling a bit awkward because you're not getting the immediate, you know, work use out of it. Um, but that'll come, you know, or it won't. And uh, and if, if it doesn't, well, that's that's fair enough too, you know. I mean, you've used your last machine for like the last nine years. So if, um, if it doesn't end up being a workhorse, then it's going to have a good innings for all the other uses that you put it through. Yeah, I mean, I feel fine about it now. Yeah, well, that's good. I think basically I was stunned by how nice it was. And I wasn't expecting it to be as nice as it is because it just, yeah, the whole... And, and you know, the, the previous generation 15 inches are the same. They're just really nicely made. They feel very, very high-quality devices, don't they? And I think that, yeah, I was just kind of taken aback by it. And then, yeah, this whole weird feeling just started coming in that I'm just not going to... I've kind of bought this machine and am I going to use it for what it should be used for? But then how do you define what it should be used for, I guess, is, is the argument back to that. Yeah, strange. But yeah, it's all past now. Like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying the device. I've got it. Um, if it is an indulgence, then so be it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got ambitions for my iOS apps. Um, so I, I guess on that basis, that's a reason <laughs> but yeah. yeah i don't know I, I i did start thinking like could i've just got a base model 13 inch i'd have probably been fine possibly i, I the 13 inches are good machines but i think you would have felt the um the screen size after a point just sort of knowing how you like to use it and the whole gaming aspect of it as well i mean i didn't buy the machine for it i i, I didn't buy this machine to be a gaming machine in any way but i'm super glad that it can be and I've only kind of come to that realisation after I ordered it, so it definitely wasn't why I bought it, but it's, I'm not sure I'd want to give that up now. But no, it's all good. Very, very, very pleased to have it. Um, one thing that um, I just thought was worth mentioning is that I was hearing this weird sound from it when I first bought it. Not the only person to have kind of reported it, it seems. And it's almost like a, kind of like a bit of an electrical sound coming from it almost like a capacitor whining or some kind of coil whining or something electrically making a sound. Okay, is it like a high-pitched sort of sound? Sort of, yeah. And I had this, hmm. like, way back when, probably 10 years ago or more, on a ATI graphics card, or what's now AMD graphics card. Um, when you stressed it, you could hear this weird little high-pitched noise, and it was like a coil whine. Sort of similar thing going on here, I think. Uh, I, I noticed it when I first booted it up when the OS was going through its first paces. Um, I can't really notice it now, though. 
but it, it definitely um definitely took the edge off of the unboxing experience i can say that much it was like yeah yeah i was kind of a bit rattled by it like oh have i got a dud or something um but everything seems okay now everything's fine yeah i mean i've got apple care on it anyway so like who cares i suppose you could say on that on that basis like if it takes two years to pop then um yeah it's got apple care but um i don't know i find getting a new machine actually quite stressful like the unboxing experience of it i find you watch like the youtubers you think oh how cool is that to be unboxing these cool products but when it's yours and you've paid the money for it and you've been looking forward to it arriving for days and you open it up and you my mind is going like please don't let there be anything wrong with it please don't let there be anything wrong with it you know like don't let there be a dead pixel don't let the screen have a weird like yellowy hue to like one side of it at a certain angle or just something Mm -hmm. that you're going to immediately notice it's going to bug you for the entire time you own it so I'm always like super on edge for that stuff and then as soon as I had that noise I was like oh no like this is what's this kind of thing there's a huge Mac rumors thread on it on their forums and it turns out like loads of people have got it and uh, there's a few that were saying oh I noticed it on like the first day but I haven't noticed it since okay and I haven't noticed it really at all since like the like first day or two it settles in almost yeah and i don't know whether it's like linked to ssd activity in that like when the os first boots it's going absolutely crazy and some people said run like the black magic speed test and that'll bring it back again um, <laughs> but yeah i don't know it's one of those where like you've got to get almost have your ear like really close to it to even to even hear it but yeah it just um it's not good i wouldn't have said to have that be like your first experience with a product of this value and that's been sort of you've been waiting for for this long it's it's not the greatest, but I don't no. think it's it's mine. Like I say, a lot of people were saying that that I think some what, some person on the forum said they returned theirs, and the new one did exactly the same. So right, one of those so things. It's no no guarantee it would have been a, a fixable thing, as it were. No, and r- sitting here once I've calmed down, like basically the first two days, I was like almost scared to touch this laptop, <laughs> like, <laughs> just because it was like so new and so shiny and so perfect. I was like, I can't even touch it. It's like, <laughs> and it's like making this noise and that kind of set me off a little bit but once I calm down and I'm, I'm just cool with it now like whatever if I hear it occasionally yep. like it's not going to bother me the speakers though are really good the speakers are fantastic one of those things where until you hear it it's hard to explain it I mean I don't know what the speakers are like on your 15 inch how you'd, how you'd grade them not really sure to be honest with you again it's not how I normally use the machine yeah okay um, i mean if i had to rank these speakers i would say they are approaching the quality of what my imac speakers used to be like in my 5k imac in, um, in a mobile device in, in a, a mobile device yeah and it's almost like there's it's almost like they've tuned these speakers to have a sweet spot so that if you're sat in like the optimum place they sound really good like the way they're like throwing the audio at, at where they anticipate your head to be I think John Gruber said it's almost like a, a HomePod Mini or something like that <laughs> in terms of its quality. And it is, it's very impressive that these, um, you know, a device this thin can chuck out that kind of sound. And, and the chassis doesn't vibrate at all because they've got the whole, well, it vibrates a tiny bit, but not much. Because I think they've got the opposite speakers. So they kind of cancel out each other's vibration or something crazy. Um, yeah, very, very, very impressed with the speakers. Very impressed well, that's indeed. cool. So yeah, two thumbs up. The whole thing's uh, been really good. It feels weird that I've got it now. It's like I've been talking about it for so long. It feels just odd that it's here and that it exists yep. and that I've got one. Um, I'm still kind of <laughs> getting used to that. But now my next pursuit is to 
have like all this RGB gamer stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to like go down the rabbit hole of like wireless mice reviews. Because um, until you end up, would you end up coming all the way back to uh, Wired? Do you reckon? Probably not. No, because I mean, this is like after like two days of research, but I've I've got like this horrible Microsoft USB mouse, like almost like the classic one. If you think of what a Microsoft USB optical mouse is in your head, that's basically what I've got. It's so old. It must be like 15 years old. And I've got this really horrible HP USB keyboard that I borrowed off of a neighbor that came with their like HP desktop from years ago. Um, Right. So you need to get something. I need to get, I need to get something. So I started investigating what, what I could do for wireless and gaming because I've always just kind of assumed that wireless and gaming don't go together just like latency and things like that Um, that would have been my assumption based on like you know 15 years ago yeah absolutely Um, but reading into it it looks like it's kind of a solved problem Um, especially with the Logitech Lightspeed stuff um, they claim a latency of one millisecond or less and the maximum pole rate on a USB connection apparently is what like one pole per millisecond. So if you can get your wireless latency to that, you've basically matched wired. Right. Um, so Linus Tech Tips did a video to test it where they... Um, you heard of the slow-mo guys? No. Uh, it's like a YouTube oh, channel where on. they play with slow-mo they... cameras. Yeah, I have. They record everything in slow-mo, don't they? And do all these different... Um things exploding and this that and the other yeah that's it? it yeah so they they got um got a computer set up with a camera pointing at it in slow-mo set to a thousand frames a second so one millisecond is one frame um and they tried to wiggle the mouse and then see how many frames of video it was until the monitor moved okay um to, to test the lag on these wireless mice and they found out that kind of humans are a bit too sort of squishy and wobbly to accurately tell when you touch the mouse because when you run it at that higher frame rate so they rigged up some foil on the back of the mouse then they rigged up a hammer that was connected like electrically to an led so that when the hammer swings on this little pendulum hits the foil on the back of the mouse an led lights up so you could get the exact point of impact in the mouse and then the mouse obviously gets hit by the hammer and flies across the desk. And then you see how far it takes for the for the monitor. And and it worked. They were like, yeah, these, these mice are good. So <laughs> figure I'd get a Logitech one. I think the current gen is like a Logitech something something 703. But by all accounts, the 603 is just as good and you can pick it up on Amazon for about 30 quid. So I might go for that. As for the keyboard, probably try and get another Logitech one with the same technology like the, the light speed wireless technology um, and just sort of run with that, I think, and just call it done. Yeah, That'll probably a little rabbit hole I fell down there with. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be posting uh, pictures of your, your sweet Mac-based gaming setup. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I, never, I never thought I'd be doing this. I really didn't. I mean, the monitor I've got isn't a gaming monitor, but to be honest, I'm, I'm not that good at these games. So running, <laughs> at, running at 60 hertz is fine. Like, I... I'm I'm not going to be able to benefit from like a 240 hertz monitor or something like that. Um, no. It's just, you know, going from 60 hertz to 240 hertz is almost like an extra 180 frames for me to get shot. So I'm probably better off without them and just run at 60 hertz. Because, um, yeah, it's not going to make me any better or any worse, I don't think. And 
yeah, I'll just I'll just go with that. I'll stay as I am for now. And it means I don't have to splash out on a new monitor. There was something I was going to ask you, actually, regarding all of this. Go on. I've forgotten what it was. That's what it is. It's about the monitor. Right. So question time for you and the audience, because I can't make head or tails of this. Um, so when I plug in my external monitor via my USB-C hub thing, via HDMI, yep. in Windows, it's fine. It it just looks like a standard 1920 by 1200 monitor. Not particularly high DPI, but it is what it is, yeah? Do it on the Mac, running Mac OS, and it just looks horrendous. Like, really bad. Hmm. Uh, okay. Al- almost like it's pixelated. Um, like it needs some kind of font smoothing applied to it or, or something. And I don't know yeah. whether that's because I'm running a non-Retina external monitor on a Retina laptop. Could be. I, I'm just having a look now on my on my Mac Mini settings and everything. So I'm running on a, a, a 1920 HD monitor. Um, with with my Mac Mini, I've not bothered updating my monitor, um, even though I said I was going to. Just haven't got around to it. It's been perfectly fine for for now. Um, I kind of feel like I don't want to upgrade it now. I'm going to go down the gaming route as well because it's kind of like it's the sweet spot between good resolution and not having a crazy resolution that's hard for a computer like mine to drive. Yeah. So yeah. Um. I can't say I really notice it looking awfully pixelated, other than it's obviously not retina. It would be so obvious yeah. to you. If, if okay. It was, yeah. So this feels like, like you were describing, if, if um, the effect that you've got going on there is because it's how it's treating it, because you've got, it's coming from a um, a laptop that's already got its own screen. Um, I'm confused though. I am a bit confused. Is, is it mirroring when you've got it turned on or anything like that. Or no, I've got it extended. It okay. So I've got two desktops essentially. That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. That's that's really odd. The only um, thing that I thought, but it wouldn't again, it wouldn't make sense because it's extended, is that you know how by default the MacBook renders it doesn't like map directly to the pixels on the screen. Yep. It does a slightly higher resolution and then it scales to the actual pixels. Yeah. I just wondered whether the mo- my external monitor was in some way being treated in that way as well. Um, I guess it would make no possible. sense, though, because it's it's its own thing, right? It's extended, so it should have its own kind of rulebook applied to it. It should do. Well, I mean, what does it show when it's in the um, in the monitor settings? Does it show like... A, yes, that native res and looks all good. So you're in default for display. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it looks um, it, it looks right. All the sizes, you know, the UI elements are the right size. It's just, it all looks a bit pants. Mm. The fonts, specifically. So I didn't know if it was like yeah. a fonts moving thing. I turned that on it, and off. Made no difference. Okay, so that's odd. I mean, the, the oddness there is that you're comparing it to, to an experience on Windows that doesn't feel too rough. Yeah, it felt like normal. Yeah. I really do wonder if this is, um, if this is just a, a, a sort of DPI kind of thing um in the you know the the os is running on mac os it's running with higher definition imagery and rendering and then it is perhaps just scaling it down like like you were saying before yeah. and then on windows it's just not bothering and it's it's got all you know if you're thinking about like retina assets and that sort of thing it's running at 1x as it were on under windows anyway 
mm. which I've, I've heard is kind of the problem when running on on higher definition screens is that um, it can be a bit of a pain to get Windows to play nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, my first instinct was to blame the dongle. <laughs> I was like, oh, this stupid cheap dongle from Amazon that's being sent back, and then I installed yeah. Windows and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's strange. A bit one. awkward. I mean, I mean, that would lead me down wanting to upgrade that monitor sort of fairly quickly actually but to what um, and would i have the same problem even if i did yeah it would be interesting to sort of try it unless with, i went 4k um, in some way yeah Is it, don't know but then with the dongle i've got i'd be capped at 30 frames a second over for hdmi like i say the dongle start getting pricey once you want to go away from that yeah uh, so kind of part of the motivation to keep this monitor really but then, like I say, if I'm if I'm at this desk on this monitor, the only time I'm going to be in macOS is doing this with you, probably. Yeah. Um, and right now I've just got the MacBook on and the monitor off. So, so I can live with it. It's just... Just, just like the bit why. Odd, yeah. Why is it doing it? That's what I want to know, you know? Yeah, I've, I haven't got... Uh, haven't got any um, in- insight into that. Like I say, my, my Mac Mini seems to sort of be running... Uh, perfectly fine i mean i've never really you know ran it side by side with the mac or anything like with a, a laptop screen mm. uh, to sort of see any any real difference but i think i would feel the difference do you know what i mean coming from uh the other machine that i use during the day yeah so i'll just have to get the 6k display that's what i need to do yeah yeah job done yeah and apparently this <laughs> macbook can drive two of them <laughs> so there well, you go you know t- Two would look good on your desk. <laughs> That's going to be available to order on uh, Tuesday. So by the time this episode's out on Thursday, the Mac Pro and that monitor will be able to be uh, ordered. Oh, wow. So I'm very excited about that. Obviously, I'm not going to buy one. I just want to see how much it's going to be to max out a Mac Pro. Lots, I think, is the definite 50, answer. 50 grand? Ooh. I don't know. I dread to think. <laughs> I think the 28-core Xeon from Intel's list price is like ten or $11,000 from Intel. Yeah. So... We've once, got to be looking... Easily got to be looking past 20, 30 grand. I would have thought so. Yeah. Um, I think ATP is going to be very interesting this week, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going to find out what Syracuse wants to order, and then Marco will probably announce he's ordered one. <laughs> and he'll be like, I'm not going to buy one, I'm not going to buy one. He's like, yeah, I bought one. <laughs> we'll see how he feels when he sees the uh, online configurator. That's going, to be, that's going to be an interesting listen, I think. Not yeah. for me, I'm afraid. I'm happy with my Mac Mini. Yeah, there's just no way. There's just like, it's, I feel bad enough having bought this 16-inch MacBook, never mind... 6,000 for the base model that nobody's going to want. You're going to want to spec that up. Yeah, nah. Was it a 256 (laughs) SSD? 32 gig of RAM and an 8-core Xeon? A 256 SSD is the base. That just feels like... I think it is. I think I'm right. Or is it 512? Well, 512 would be a decent start, um, but 256 would feel a bit shabby. I'm fairly certain it was too... I don't know. Well, yeah, I could be wrong on that, but... Nevertheless, it feels like you're basically buying what is mostly this 16-inch MacBook in desktop form for $6,000. I guess you get a better yeah, GPU, but... You do, you, you get the six, server class six grand, really? CPUs. Uh, yeah, it's like the people that have been calling for it are the people that it's not really for, though. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the iMac Pro was for them, and they've had that now for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. I'd have said the iMac Pro is probably a better buy for a lot of people. 
But that's, that's getting a bit long in the tooth now, though, isn't it? That's what two years without an update. That's got to be coming in the next next six months or so. Yeah, you think? I guess they don't want to um, detract from the Mac Pro in the short term. No, and, no. Yeah, give it its space. Yeah, that makes sense. No, it'd be cool. Interesting to see it. I'm, I just want to max it out <laughs> just for just for the laughs. <laughs> Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, Also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com. Again, that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore DaveNot.